0: so much, saggy bottom boys. I feel weird saying that in church, but it is in the bulletin. So we thank you all so much for blessing us with your music today. Um, good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to worship. Um, we are um, continuing our sermon series um, over the summer on prayer. Um, and today we're going to look at, at rest. A little bit about rest, and um, tonight um, we're going to continue that theme. Um, Jackson Norville, um, dad to Virginia Gray and Mavis, and um, see if I've got this right, spiritual advisor and personal assistant to our director of children and youth ministries, um, is going to be preaching tonight, giving our message at Sundays at 6. So um, we invite you, if you'd like, to come out or invite a friend. Um, It is a kid-friendly service. It's also a flip-flop friendly service. So we invite you to come out for that. Um, Our scripture is going to come from the book of 1 Kings uh, chapter 19. Um, uh, Bishop Hope Morgan Ward was here a couple weeks ago preaching on this really, really um, transcendent, beautiful prayer called the Magnificat. Mary saying, my soul glorifies the Lord. And Pastor Doug a couple weeks ago preached on that prayer of Jesus from the cross, um, Father, forgive them. Um, Am I getting that right? Um, for they know not what they do. And um, and today I will be preaching on a scripture in which Elijah basically says, I've had enough, kill me now. So it's very on brand. Um, I invite you to, um, to read along with me on page 311 if you'd like. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how Elijah had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow, in in other words, kill you. Then Elijah was afraid. He got up and fled for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. Elijah left his servant there. But Elijah himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. He asked that he might die. It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Then Elijah lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. Elijah looked, and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones in a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him, and said, Get up and eat. Otherwise the journey will be too much for you. Elijah got up and ate and drank. Then he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb or Sinai, the mount of God. At that place, he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah answered, I've been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. He said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord... It's not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? O oh God, who speaks not just through words and fires and earthquakes, but most powerfully in the silence, speak to us now. Amen. I've heard it said that there's a couple of types of people in the world. Um, people who let, um, who, when their cell phone is at about 87% power say, I need to find an outlet to plug my phone in. And people who will let their phone get down to about 5% and say, I've got about 30 minutes before I need it. I am the second type of those people. Um, I saw on Facebook the other day this graphic, and it had the phone in the red, in the danger zone, if you will. And, um, and it said, um, you wouldn't let your phone get like this, so why do you let your soul get like this? To which I said, I let both my phone and my soul get like this, so take that. I'm one of those people who's often screenshotting something, sending it to my friends, and they don't respond to the funny thing. They say, You need to charge your phone right now. What are you doing? Sometimes we just don't have enough. We feel like we're like a sponge that has been wrung out and left out to dry. Sometimes life is too much, isn't it? It's too much. It's too much. Sometimes you're caring for your parent or your child or your sibling or your spouse. Sometimes you are trying to do it all. You're trying to work. You're trying to hashtag love where you live and hashtag have no bad days. You're trying to get good grades. You're trying to do the right thing, even though no one else seems to be wanting to do the right thing. You're trying, you're trying, you're trying. You're trying to do ministry to do the Lord's work. To resist evil and injustice and oppression, like Stephanie Schert says, you're trying, like Elijah was trying. And yet it seems like you're getting nowhere, and and you just would like to go out into the wilderness, leave everybody behind, and sit underneath a broom tree, whatever that is, and say, Lord, kill me now, I'm done. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? I um, wonder about Elijah and about these stories like this, stories like Elijah's prayers, which is kind of a dangerous prayer. It's not a nicey-nice prayer. It's not a church prayer, if you will, right? It's an angry prayer, a discouraged prayer, a despondent prayer. I wonder sometimes that we don't pray enough prayers like this, that we don't expose ourselves to them. Remember Jesus, when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane, before he prayed, Father, forgive them, he said, God, let this cup pass from me. In other words, can I please avoid this? He was so anguished that his sweat was like drops of blood. Or like Moses, when he was leading the people of Israel out in the desert, and Moses would say, trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord, and then he would go to the Lord, and he'd be like, Lord, why did you give me these people? They are going to kill me. This is the type of prayer maybe that isn't the opposite of faith, but that shows a deep faith that God is big enough not just to handle our nicey-nice, but to handle our doubts and our questions. The kind of prayers that you pray in hospital rooms and gravesides and in all of the places of the world where it seems like God is not. Elijah seems, from this scripture, if you read only the scripture, he seems like that goth kid in my high school in the 1990s that was always wearing black, black shirt, black jeans, black eyeliner, and was always depressed. But Elijah is one of the hall of fame of prophets. Elijah, remember, um, when Jesus was having this mountaintop experience and he had some guys come back from the dead to meet with him, it was Moses and Elijah. Elijah is one of the greatest prophets alongside Moses of Judaism. Um, If you've been to a Passover Seder, the Jews often leave a seat for Elijah. They pour one out for Elijah. They say Elijah's name at their Shabbat prayers, and they say Elijah's names at the circumcision of their children. And if that isn't a place of honor, I don't know what is. (laughs) And yet here is Elijah being like, God, just kill me now. I need a nap and a snack. I am no better than my ancestors, which means I am worse off than my great-great-great-grandfathers who are under the ground, right? It seems weird that this is where Elijah is. When I read a book, I often find it helpful to read the chapter before the chapter of the book that I am reading, right? Um, And and so if we look back in 1 Kings 18, it does not seem like Elijah should have gotten to this place where Elijah is. Um, If you read 1 Kings 18, and why not? Because it rains a lot, and it's good time for reading. You would see that Elijah has been preaching the word of the Lord. Um, You see there is this king. Ahab and his wife Jezebel. Jezebel is not a lady that will steal your man. She is likely to steal your heart away from the Lord our God and to take it to serve the, pro- the, the God Baal, the false God. And so Ahab and Jezebel are leading away the people from the Lord. And Elijah thinks, I'm the only prophet left. I'm the only guy that's doing what's right. Why is it so hard to do what's right? Why does everyone else seem to be doing the wrong thing? And um, uh, But but Elijah says, okay, y'all, uh, let's settle this once and for all. We will say who is God and who is not. And so Elijah invites the prophets of Baal up a mountain, Mount Carmel. Not Mount Carmel, Mount Carmel. Um, I am thinking about food. And and they invite them up and they have this weird israelite bull picking if you will um it, it they say let's take wood wood for you and wood for me let's put a bull on here and we will roast it with fire we will ask god to call down fire from heaven you ask your god and i'll ask my god and we'll see which one wins and so the prophets of baal 400 of them are like are like Baal, please send down your fire. Show us a sign. And nothing's happening. Nothing, nothing. And so then Elijah decides to trash talk them. It goes all the way back, trash talk. He says, cry aloud. Surely Baal is a god. Maybe he's meditating. Maybe your god has wandered away. Maybe he's on a journey. Or maybe he is asleep and needs to be awakened. And then the prophets cried aloud, and as was their custom, they cut themselves with swords and lances until the blood gushed out over them. There's, there's the blood, Julia. At midday past, they raved on until the time of the offering, but there was no voice, no answer, and no response. You'll know this story. You know what happens next. That Elijah says, all right, I'll call down the fire, or better yet, the Lord God will bring the fire. And, but he says, I, he's not just going to bring the fire on the dry wood. He'll do it on the wet wood. And so he says, pour some water. And he says, pour some more water. And they're all like, okay, weird flex, but okay. And then he says, pull some more water. And they pour some more water. And then Elijah says, Lord God, show us your power that you are God. And the fire comes down and roasts that bull. And all of the people say, we're going to worship God and only God forever. Have you been here? It is like It is the mountaintop, the literal mountaintop. And it's the sort of experience you're like, I have seen God. I'm going to be set for the next 30 years. I am never going to doubt again. I am good. And then they say, well, time to kill Elijah. And that's where our story begins. Elijah out in the desert with his emo prayer, asking God to kill him under that broom tree. Life can be too much. Sometimes, right? It can be too much even when you are doing the right thing. It's sometimes easy to think, okay, if things are hard, that must mean that I'm doing it wrong. If things are hard, if I'm experiencing adversity, that must mean I'm not being faithful. I'm not good enough. I'm not trying hard enough. It must mean that God isn't with me. It must mean that something, 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 something is wrong. And yet, Scripture tells us that sometimes you are doing all the right things. You are trying hard. You are following God. You are listening to God's voice. And you still feel wrung out like a sponge. And you are like, it is too much. Right? The writer Shauna Nequist um, um, is one of my favorite writers. She um, uh, is a is, is a writer that is a, also a cook. She wrote a food memoir. Um, it has recipes and food stuff. She is one of these people with like impeccable style, a great speaker, beautiful uh, beautiful kids, um, very nice looking husband, um, etc. And she was like she it seemed like she was at the mountaintop. She was doing it all. She was doing everything. And then one day she said, "I'm done." I'm done. I can't do this anymore. She was like, I, I, I can't. I, I, just, I just can't. And so she describes this in her book, Present Over Perfect. She says, many of us, myself included, considered our soul's necessary collateral damage to get done the things we felt we simply had to get done because of other people's expectations, because we want to be known as highly capable, because we're trying to outrun an inner emptiness. For a while, we don't even realize the compromise we've made. We're on autopilot, chugging through the day on fear and caffeine, checking things off the list, falling into bed without even a real thought or feeling or connection all day long, just a sense of having made it through. But here's the good news. Because with Elijah, you don't always have to have a mountaintop experience. God did not, after all, give Elijah more pyrotechnics because maybe he had had enough, right? He says there was an earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. He said there was fire, but God wasn't in the fire. What was God in? The silence. What was God in when Elijah sat there and poured out his heart to God and prayed those dangerous prayers, the prayers that you can't say in church? He, um, God sent an angel to tap him on the shoulder and give him a nap and a snack like any parent of any toddler or any elementary school kid, or maybe even any 36-year-old when they're about ready to have a meltdown. This is grace. Grace does not always look like a mountaintop experience. Sometimes it looks like permission to sit down and have a nap and have a snack. And so, friends, I wonder, what is God calling you to? What if needing a nap and a snack and a rest is not a sign of a weak faith or that you're doing it wrong, but a part of the life of faith, that exhale to the inhale? What if these great heroes of the faith are not great heroes despite their hard questions, but because of them? Friends, when it's all too much, it doesn't mean you're failing. When it's all too much, it doesn't mean that God's not with you or that you're not being faithful. When it's all too much, maybe it's time to stop, to be honest, and to fall so that grace can catch you. And so, friends, in the name of God, who did not guilt trip Elijah and say, you know what? There's prophets out there. There are starving prophets over there or across the world. Just think about how lucky you have it, but who met him where he was. Where are you? Is it too much? Maybe God wants to give you just what you need for the journey. Amen. I invite you to rise and sing for the journey, our camp meeting benediction song, Glory, Hallelujah, Jubilee.